Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Jeff and Casey Show. Hello. It is a Thursday. We're doing a little podcast in early. You didn't say the date. Because uh, you don't know the date, do you? September 4th. Is it? Yep. Are you sure of that? Or are you making up that date? Let's just go with it. All right. Let's pretend it's September 4th. September 4th. And we're doing a little early just because I got to go down to P-Town for the mm -hmm. weekend. Which is, you're not going to P-Town. P-Town is Provincetown. It's a very gay that's part of call, Cape Cod. That's what they called and, it in yeah. uh, the East y Coast? Yes, P-Town. P-Town, huh? And uh, that's... There's always some, like, letter town. O like, yeah. O-Town in, in Utah was Ogden, but that's Oakland down California. This is S-Town? What are we? K-Town. I don't know what K-Town is. Kirkland. Kirkland? Yeah. Kirkland is not at all the kind of city that would have a letter abbreviation. As yeah, thing. that's probably Kirkland true. is the kind of city that people can say in its entirety because the number of times that anyone is going to refer to it in a cool sentence is hey, extraordinarily limited. But the amount of coolness here in podcast in fact, studios the coolness, is extraordinarily the, high. Any cool sentence that involves the use of the word Kirkland is probably going to be something like, I used to live in ah. Kirkland, or I don't want to go to Kirkland. <laughs> Stop it. Or let's try another place besides Kirkland. Those Dude. are the kinds of sentences no, a cool man. person might say that include Kirkland. No. And I don't think they feel the need at those times no, to abbreviate because, it to K-Town. No, because like... Um, Straight out you know, of K-Town. Right, I was going to say all the rappers are like, 425. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. What's the problem? Right. It's going to happen. Yeah, there's never so you been had a rapper a... with a 425 area code. That's what was nerdcore, right? <laughs> oh, no. It was nerdcore. Not the way it should mm -hmm. go. So you went to uh, a big extravaganza last night. I, I did. I understand. Yes, I did go to a big extravaganza. Now, uh, I guess what the, what the listeners at home have to understand is that Seattle is, you know, much to my chagrin, attempting to be a first-run musical city. Yes. Like Boston is. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes a show that, you know, is going to be, uh, they're going to try and produce on Broadway. Right. But it's a big budget show. What they'll do is they'll open it in another city first. Get the kinks out. Before they have to open it in New York City, where there are critics, for example. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's probably the big so, thing, huh? No, Crit that that is exactly the critics thing. Critics. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, because... People are seeing it in either city, right? right. You know, well, they the, always the public is right. able to attend. Uh, so you want to make <laughs> sure that you're opening it as a distinct thing with separate criticism in a less critical city. I see. Before you go ahead and open it um, on Broadway. And so we're really Seattle, polite here in Seattle, too. So you're not going to get that bad. Yeah, review. So maybe the stranger low, low standards is, I think, what Seattle brings to the table <laughs> as far as uh, musical openings are concerned. All right. Um, we certainly did not have anyone in this town who's I mean, I want to even say capable of being critical <laughs> or not of a musical production. I mean, I don't think we even have any musical critics or anything like that that I that I'm aware of. Anyway. All right. I mean, you might get someone from the stranger, yeah. Who you know, there is, is there is a, is kind of a, a an ordinary fellow who might go and say this this sucks, and right. correctly so, right? But as far as like you know, actually having a significant cross section of critics who are going to talk about the musicals in the context of you know musical history or anything like this, or that, that's happen. none of that's going to happen. All right, and they're just going to be like, hey, you know. I went to see a show with my kids. It was great. Grandma right. loved it. You know, I mean, that's we're going to get that that's from like the reading. Seattle Times or the PI. Uh, fun for the whole family is probably a phrase that will show up in every review. The popcorn was of yummy. what I saw last night, <laughs> which was the world premiere uh -huh. of Shrek the Musical. <laughs> awesome. We've mentioned this before on the podcast. I think I said yeah. that I was going to be going, going to, to Shrek it. the Musical at some point because I had season tickets, uh -uh. and so you know, season tickets includes. Shrek the Musical. Now, in my mind, I didn't see any reason why you would ever want to make Shrek the Musical. I, I mean, I couldn't really fathom what the what the reasoning behind this would be. Well, there's right? lots of unexplored nuances in the character Donkey and like the, yes. Princess well, Fiona. Oh yes, absolutely. 
Well, so was it a retelling of the one of the movies, or is it all original story? It, it appears to be somewhat that. I mean, my understanding is that the movie Shrek was actually based on the book Shrek, which is by somebody else. All right. So I don't rightfully know if this is supposed to be based on the book or based on the movie or both. Now, I believe it is actually a DreamWorks production. I think I they are getting into that. They saw how successful Disney has been at transferring all of their movies from the big screen to the stage, if you will, such as right. The Lion King. Right. And right. so... That's what I felt like when I heard about it. It was like they're totally trying That's what to I'm do. assuming, that they're just copying that whole process. Because the whole DreamWorks thing is like, just do... What, what they're other, doing. Right, like, yes. oh, 3D? Whatever. Yeah, we'll We're do down 3D. with that. I love 3D. 3D is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought a Macintosh yesterday. Come right. on. I installed Infinity. We're going to get... This is going to be great. <laughs> um. So, yeah, in my mind, I had no idea why this would be necessary because... See, musical comedy is one of those things that I have never seen done well in a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, in a non-parody setting. Okay. Right? Like, you know, when I think of a great musical comedy, I think of something like maybe like Hairspray or something like that. Right? Okay. It's, it's not, you know, a comedy story that they then set to music, right? It's right. usually like specifically designed to be comedy music. And, Musicals that are comedy stories set to music typically are just terrible in my experience. Like I have not seen a lot in the way of of musical comedy of that form that's been any good. Right. So I'm thinking this is just going to be a disaster, you know, straight mm -hmm. throughout. And it, and it absolutely was. I, I think <laughs> it didn't it was that's how, that's what will be quoted. Casey Muratori says, doesn't disappoint. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you're trying to, to make it look good, <laughs> then go ahead and just, just quote that part because the rest of the things I'm going to say about it will be harder to take out of context, I'm I sure. See. But, uh, it was, it started with the fact that, uh, the music was borderline incompetent. Like they, they basically, <laughs> they got the person who did, um, uh, thoroughly modern Millie, right? A okay. musical that no one's ever heard of and no one cares I've about. I've never heard about right? it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And she's also doing the music for uh, the upcoming Walt Disney production of Rapunzel, All right. which I believe is a, an animated feature. Oh, okay. I think this is the, the, this is the same person. Now I'm gonna have to, I don't know this this person's work. I'm not very familiar with it, uh, except for what I was familiar with last night, which was more than I needed to be. Uh, <laughs> it's there's two things about it that struck me, and the first one was that uh, there is really only one good song in the entire musical like okay. only one good song there's no great songs and only one like decent song all, right. all the rest of the songs are like actively bad it was like <laughs> really impressive Repellent. just how bad they were yeah awesome. exactly um and i was like i i kind of was sitting back wondering after the musical was over you know i was like hmm i wonder if i'm the only person who like noticed that there's only one good song in this entire musical or if everyone else was just like, it's dandy. Right. You know, I like the whole thing. And then I started to think, well, you know, I wonder if they know. Like, I wonder if the people, because the people who put on these musicals, I mean, they presumably know right. more about musicals than I do, right? I mean, they're, they're people who make musicals for a living. So I would think that they would know, you know, they would have a pretty good idea that the music that Maybe. they were singing not, was not necessarily any good. And so what I then... Oh, you're saying the performers. Right. Yeah, yes. okay. In other words, I could I, see that. In other yeah. words, the people, the director, mm -hmm. let's say, of this musical, certainly knows more about musicals than I do, mm -hmm. right? So I'm imagining that they, unless they have very low standards, are noticing the fact that they are working with pretty bad material, <laughs> okay. right? And so then I, I remembered something. I remembered that as part of the season ticket package i had received an email that said i was entitled to go to the website and enter a promotional code which would allow me to download one song from the musical <laughs> awesome so i said well let me see if that one song is the song that i was thinking was the one good song and if it is then maybe they do know that this is the only good song right and if not then maybe you know they don't, they don't. and it was that song it was the good so, yeah, song. It was the so one they good did song. know that they. So they did. I think. I strongly suspect that they were like, "Hmm, let's put our best foot forward here. This is their only I real see. good number that we've got. So we'll go with that." Now, and that's called Donkey's Day, or no? Uh, it is called. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of like the most called? embarrassing thing. No, like... the donkey songs were were bad, and they there was a lot of like the donkey Shrek meeting song was very homoerotic. <laughs> like there is almost no way that you could read it anything other, other than, than like ogre on donkey All sex, the time. right? Like that is what it was. Yeah, so I shouldn't yeah. say homoerotic. I mean they're both male but you know if if a donkey and an ogre are fucking the last thing that you're gonna point <laughs> out about that as being odd is that it was a same-sex relationship right, right? Exactly. that that is not your your initial sort of shocking incident totally. right it's like when viewing a robert maplethorpe right but it's not that is not what you're <laughs> thinking at that point you are thinking holy shit a, I didn't think ogres existed, and B, I didn't think they could do it with a donkey. So, right. that, I mean, you know, C might and be Kinsley's they both have over a penis, there, like right? taking like, crazy notes. Yeah, like yeah. this is awesome. He's like, he's like, wow, I thought I'd covered everything, but I guess there's going to be not. a volume for, volume fourteen. Yeah. Uh, so there's some things also just to kind of go over some other <laughs> issues with this musical. Uh huh. Some things that you should absolutely not do in a musical. Period. Right. Right. There's and there's two of those. Okay. Right. There's in, at least in in terms of things that are easy to describe. Right. There's two. One never have a ballet sequence. Right. <laughs> Somewhere around like you know in the in the 30s and 40s, 50. I mean I don't I don't know exactly the dates. Is it you know Oklahoma time? Who right? dance like there's, oh, since there's sorry? well who were the ones? Shrek that... did not have a ballet. Right. I'm telling you the two things that you don't do. Okay. And so you know. The uh, astute listener can kind of assume that maybe that second one did happen. I but see. But let's, let's keep up the suspense. Okay. Anyway, point being, they introduced this kind of concept, and I think Oklahoma actually was the first musical to feature it, the concept of a, of a, a dream sequence told in ballet form. I see. Okay. Yes. And this was a terrible idea. With the, with the smoke machines? And, uh, it's just a terrible idea. Everything, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's basically interpretive dance, but since they didn't have like, you know, people humping each other behind a, behind a silhouette screen or other kinds <laughs> of new things that they do in interpretive dance, it was ballet at the time, right? right? Okay. Never have this thing. Yeah. Do not have it. They've sort of gotten rid of it nowadays and that's for the better. Don't bring it back. Okay. Thing number two is tap dance. <laughs> okay tap tap is dead oh all right my tap God. dance shrek is tapped. dead but somehow it, they, in the middle of shrek they bring okay, it back in the middle of shrek i want to say it was probably second number after the set break there was not only tap dancing but there was actually a tap line awesome okay. was there a tap off totally, where they tapped against no, each other and, and you know what that would have really put the that would have been the cherry <laughs> on top of the sunday no question but the the fictional sort of the, i can see what happened right i can i know i know the exact creative <laughs> process right i've been involved in you know a creative industry i've been involved in the game industry uh -huh. for long enough to see how bad ideas make, make it, it into a final product, right? <laughs> and I am able, even without knowing anything about how their industry functions, I think I can tell you right now a pretty plausible scenario for how this tap line okay. got into this musical, even though everyone knew better, I think. I see, okay. Okay. <clears throat> so here's the deal. What happens is Fiona, Princess Fiona, Yes. Okay. is... A singing about how she is a morning person. Okay. Right? She's happy in the morning, of I course, know. because she is no longer an ogre. Right. Oh, okay. If you remember the fiction right. of Shrek, is she's an ogre at night. So in the morning, she's no longer ogre-y. Yep. And uh, an ogress, if you will. And she is very happy as she's singing to the birds and so on. Okay. She encounters the Pied Piper at this time, who is having trouble piping. I don't know if there's any kind of that sounds a little yeah. there, but anyway, yeah. he's having trouble with his pipe. Right. Okay. And she says and she offers to, to help clean the clean pipe? the pipe. Yes, oh the my pipe God. is like stuck, and she is going to uh -huh. kind of clean it. Okay. So she starts piping, and all of, of course, you know, the Pied Piper's uh, job in Fairyland is to ferry rats okay. out of the town. I see. And so she starts piping and the rats all follow her out. Now sure. the way they have done the rats is they are actually have the curtain kind of down. Yes. All right. right. 
Yeah. And it has been raised enough, just enough, feet. to see the feet. Uh huh. Okay. Of, oh man. Of the chorus sounds line. Exciting. Who are wearing rat shoes? Uh huh. Which also happen to be tap. tap shoes. Yep. All right. Rat taps. Yeah. So you kind of get this tap line where these rat heads are moving yep. back and forth and looking at each other and so on. Okay. Awesome. So I know what happened here, right? Somebody was thinking like. That, you know, these are, this is a big budget thing, yeah. right? These people want to, the person who is the choreographer, like, wants to show off, right? They right. want to do something like, like that's the Lion never been King done before. With all the wacky right. animals. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, they're going to make their mark, yes. right? Except this person, you know, is not, uh, what's her name? Julie Taymor. Right. This person is not Julie Taymor, who I don't even like. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think she's awesome. But she's but you don't like her, really but creative. Yes. I mean, there's nothing. You right. cannot her assail, set design. You cannot assail her attempt to create things that are new and fresh and different, yes. right? Because that's just true. And right. I don't happen to really like them very much, but that's personal preference. Right. These people are not that thing <laughs> at all, really. And they were like, well, here's, here's what we're going to do. See, we're going to actually bring back tap. Okay. Cause tap is right. like, hasn't been done in a while. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to have it so that all of the little, you know, rats are moving back and forth. We'll only see them. Right. Just the feet right. of tap. Right. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to be awesome. And that was like their little creative hook. Right. So that's the <laughs> fact that you can only see the feet was the, the rat things on was yeah. the, was the mental buy that they, put in place to allow them to go through all of the standard process of like tap in the middle of this fucking thing. Are you crazy? Right now following closely on the heels of that was this, I'm sure same choreographers. Yeah. Pun intended. Right. Yeah. The same choreographer's decision to bust out another one of the cutting edge implements that, that made their way into Shrek the musical. And that is the UV black light. Right. <laughs> awesome. Which I did not list as something that you should never do in a musical, simply because I've it's never implied. actually seen a musical that, <laughs> no, that actually needed right. to use it before. There are some things you don't really have to make. Rules I didn't think for. I needed to know. Do made, not put that. plutonium on stage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do not exactly. Use black do not light. shoot the audience with right. a bow and arrow. Right. And, you do know, not use yeah. live um, rounds in your fake guns. For example, you don't need to say these things. And yet, mm. okay. So the black yeah. light. So did everybody's right. teeth like light up? Yeah. So the black light idea <laughs> was again the same. It was the same creative process. Uh-huh. They were like, "Wouldn't it be cool if we had these people dancing and they were like skeletons, right?" Okay. So what they did is they wore suits with skeletons painted on them that were black light sensitive. Yeah, I knew some kids like that growing up. Yeah, tended to wear shirts like. Yep. Know. That is pretty awesome. This was so. This was a. Really, Can you make a black really... light spotlight? Can you project it with enough power? Well, it's just light. I know, but it's hard to make a spot of certain colors. Like red always turns out pretty pink when you do that. Like, can Mm -hmm. you just, can you turn up the wattage and still have it be black? black? I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, obviously, yes. I mean, maybe that's what they did. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it worked. But they didn't do it with floor lights or anything. I don't know. Okay. I don't know the answer to that question. Was it an orchestra or was it? Uh, it was not a full orchestra. Mo- there is almost never a musical that has a full orchestra. A musical wow. with a full orchestra is extraordinarily rare and very, very expensive. Yeah. Normally, a musical has a much uh, reduced set of players. So, I mean, obviously, some. I mean, maybe you were asking, like, if it's like Rent, with it's a rock. I band. just meant, yeah. There's not meant, a rock like, band. It's it's a pretty. It was a pretty straightforward musical setup. The only potential difference is they it seemed like they did have a rock drum set. Oh, okay. I couldn't see. It was underneath some sort of Shrek-like looking, uh, tangly, you know, vine <laughs> contraption thing that someone had sort of set up there. And, uh, oh, oh, extra points for class. I forgot. In that list of things that you should never do, I didn't put this one in because I don't think it's a never, but it's close to that. And that is video screens. If there is a video awesome. screen, right? This is when I knew that we were in big trouble for, uh, uh, Schoenberg and, uh, Boobly, or however you pronounce their names, right? <laughs> when in the middle of, uh, in the middle of Miss Saigon, there's actually like a video presentation. That was, was pretty traumatizing. It was like, wow, we're, this You're is totally, the, we're pretty much gonna, there's not gonna be, and, and it was true, right? They were done. I mean, that was the last, there's some pretty good work in, in Miss Saigon. It's, it's pretty uneven, but there's some really good, uh, music in there. And, uh, and then after that, with like Martin Gare and so forth, they were just, just it was just downhill. like, wow, this is a disaster. Well, so. I, you see, I don't, 
I don't know how you're doing Shrek and not understand the attitude of the people coming into it and play to it. Like that should have, the whole thing should have been ironic and like uh, sarcastic, I think would have worked because the movie was ironic and, and sarcastic. You could have d- made fun of the fact that like Shrek is there at all. And I think it would have worked. I don't think you do that. I don't think you play that one straight. You don't make the movie version of that story. They, well, they definitely did play it straight. It was a hundred percent straight from start to finish. There was no acknowledgement that it was at all uncomfortable that anyone was singing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was no self-referential stuff in there, really. There was one point where they sort of poked fun at the Lion King, and that was the only close uh, thing that was close yeah. to that. But they never poked fun at themselves, which which they probably should have done. The uh, because but- that's the only thing that made even the first. I don't like any of the Shreks, but the only thing that made it like bearable was the fact that it least made fun of itself as much as it made fun of right. other things, and yeah. like to not understand that and the the general dis-ease of the audience being part of this kind of thing is is well I think- the, like like i was saying though the audience uh at something like this meaning the 5th avenue theater meaning seattle right, right has an ex- extremely low standards oh, i know but, they but did, you're they not did writing not... it for them they're writing it eventually to go to new yes, york yes that yes that's right. true uh well but you're and and to some degree again i think it's the critics to worry about more there Nobody who's into the theater scene in New York City is going to go see Shrek the Musical anyway. I mean, <laughs> it's if it was tourists. something like The Lion King, yeah. where it was directed in a very avant-garde fashion, then I'm sure they would. Right. But it's just going to be tourists who saw the movie who are going to watch this Ooh, thing. Shrek! Right. So I don't actually know that they're going to have that much of a problem. I imagine the crowds that they'll get will be very similar to the crowd they got here, where every time Shrek farted, you know, it was like freaking you know, the, the Marx Brothers. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. On screen, and so I don't know that they're really going to have that much of trouble. Did they trouble. use like some crazy tuba for every time they did that? No, they had like a full-on synthesized fart effect ah. that they played, also for belching. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and there, and there was no shortage of of uh, they, they, they weren't not, afraid to they go there. They did not there. use that sparingly. Right. I'll, I'll right. put it. They 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 plunged straight ahead there. There was a I sequence, see. and I don't remember if this sequence is in the film or not. But there was a sequence in which Princess Fiona and Shrek kind of have what I, I don't know what the correct term for this is, but I'm just going to say a fart battle. I see. Fart or a off. Fart off. Right. Yeah. Fart off. All right. With each other. Uh huh. And that was a real crowd pleaser. Yeah. Here in Seattle for the yeah. nice mature audience that it was. Now, Holy all cow. of these things that I've mentioned so far, the lack of any good music, the complete <laughs> absence of a story, considering the fact that the parts that are at all interesting you already knew. Uh, the fact there was tap dance, the use of a video screen, uh, you know, excessive fart jokes. Well, that was how they did the magic mirror. Uh, I see. Right. Uh huh. Wouldn't want to have to get creative there. So let's just throw up a video screen. (laughs) You know what you could do? Save yourself the trouble of having to act it every night. Just show it on a screen to begin with. Just put it up on the screen. That's what I say. The whole thing could be a screen. What's the problem? Why not? Cheaper. Now, they didn't actually go full pull and make a video screen for the mirror that actually looked like it was a mirror. Instead, you could actually see like visible lines running down the mirror where they had grafted together multiple plasma like TV kind of Uh, thing, right? So you could see these big old uh, scenes, you know, almost like a, uh, you know, the texture artist forgot to pad the thing or there's like an off by one error, you know, and that's, that's what you're looking at. Now, all of these things did not, uh, dissuade the discerning peoples of Seattle from giving this fine production a standing Standing ovation. ovation. Yes. The standing ovation, if you perform, and I have seen this happen once, if you perform a musical at the Fifth Avenue Theater and you do not get a standing ovation, it's time to to hang up. To hang it up. If I, God forbid I ever, you know, produce a musical or something, and I mean, you if get a, I went to the Fifth Avenue Theater and they did not give it a standing ovation, I would cry. I would cry that <laughs> night. It would crush my soul because I have seen them personally. I've seen them give standing ovations to performances, you know, awesome. that were, uh, you know, on par with the the local, you know, firehouse right. production or or you know, just just absolute just crap material. Uh-uh. And I don't know what to say. I mean, a standing ovation is supposed to be for when you've seen something that's just outstanding, you know. 
applause is what you do when it was fine, right? right? It's like, hey, you did a reasonable job. And they did. The the act, the performers in this were totally reasonable. No complaints there. The material was kind of crappy. You know, there you did go. They, did they Applause come is fine for that. You do not need to stand and ovate. Did each of the performers come out like Shrek and like put his arms out yes. and do a deep bow? And then, well, like... they kept it mercifully brief and I was happy with that. <laughs> they did not do a second curtain call. And I thought nice. that took great restraint and I give them full credit for that because, <laughs> you know, the crowd was on their feet. They loved it. Right. right? They, they would have liked to have see someone it. come out and do but another part. Right, if Shrek could have come out <laughs> and during the one bow, for the like, road, right on the bow, if they just blast. ripped it, it just a serious rip right there. They would, the, the crowd would have loved, would have gone that, nuts. That would have right. Gone, that would have been That's crazy. That's the icing on the cake right yeah. there, and they didn't do that. So it's at some level again. I think this might be a case of the performers, the Knowing. directors. They know that this material is bad. They know that the crowd has low standards, and they are just happy to go home at this point. So I think that that may be the case. Again, and and I think just the, the last time this happened to me, there was a musical called Princesses, which I saw. This was the last time that they claimed they were uh, debuting something that was going to go to Broadway. Now, okay. I hope to God is that, is they that... were wrong on that one, because if that actually opened on Broadway, those poor performers probably got hit with a fair amount of produce. <laughs> and it's not their fault, you know. Princesses but... is the one where they did Snow White and uh, the, the Three Princesses. No. Oh, okay. Are you thinking of Into the Woods? Yeah, I think. Into yeah. the Woods actually has four princesses, but yes. All right. Um, you, I'll give you that off by one. The uh, <laughs> the princesses is actually a musical that is a retelling of the story, The Little Princess, which of course is a classic novel and also uh, multiple films, I believe. But that point. never made it out of here. Right? I really hope not. I okay. I did not hear of it coming to Broadway, so I'm assuming it didn't. But I, since I do not have really much occasion to travel to New York, I don't I don't keep up with what's actually I happening see. on Broadway. You know, I, I only see. can go to musicals that that come here, really, for the most part. And so that was a retelling of of um, The Little Princess. And it was not, re- I, I shouldn't say it's a retelling of it. It was not a set setting of the little princess to music. It was a story that revolved around the little princess with a similar sort of okay. narrative, but it was actually about a girl at an all girl school, right? Who is <laughs> in the play, a little princess. I see. And her life happens to have certain parallels to that. Although largely more just with respect to the relationship with her father. I see. Tap okay. dancing? Thankfully, there was no tap dancing. Damn it. This was, this was a, a rent-derived musical, if you I will. See. Which is, they were trying to be edgy with a rock band ah. and so on. And just to give it that extra authentic rock flavor with right. a U, if, yep. if you will, they hired, and I'm going to forget his name here, it's Matthew Weege, Swedge, Swedge, Weege, Weese, Weiss, Matthew, what? I don't fucking know. Okay. Matthew something, whose claim to fame was the song Nobody Gonna Break My Stride, if you remember <laughs> that, that tune, to, uh, pen the music ah, for I this see. one. Ah, awesome. To his credit, the music in that one actually was not the same kind of terrible. That this one All was. Right, I see. Uh, this one was like was much much worse than that. But the lyricist for that one was out of control. And I don't remember if he had anything to do with the lyrics. I think there may have been a separate lyricist. Was it was some of the worst worst lyrics that I've been slapped with, you know, in all my theater wow. going years, which which have been many. Certainly, the lyricist would... for lyricist for princesses was probably the worst lyrics that I've ever seen. You couldn't do worse than they were. They were just Completely they were absolutely trite, terrible. Ridiculous they were absolutely the absolute worst that you could yeah. possibly get. Whereas the Shrek lyrics were fine. Like the music ha- wasn't. Very I would good, love to be no able to write the lyrics for Shrek. Like I think you could do that and have a really good time and make that's those that's really interesting. Fun. I would love to see you do that because honestly, I, think... I don't see like I don't have in my mind a good version of the musical Shrek. That's not in my you know my brain right now. I'm not seeing that. Yeah, I would I, I would love to have a shot at that. That would be awesome. Well, I'll be honest with you, they might take you up on that <laughs> because I don't think it's going so well. You know, I can't believe that DreamWorks is going to that and going, wow, this is great. This is going to be you awesome. Know? Yes. It seems well, unlikely. DreamWorks is totally the lowered standards in general movie movie house. Like well, everything they do yeah, is just a rip off of maybe. the next thing. I don't know about that though. I will definitely say that if you told me I had to go see 
one of this year's animated films again. And so it was either going to have to be Kung Fu Panda or Wally. I'd go to Kung Fu Panda because Wally, frankly, was really fucking boring. Yeah, I, I, I. So I don't know that I agree that they're the lower standard people anymore because Pixar is starting to dig down deep and get see, really boring. That's just because I think Wally was really mediocre, not because Kung Fu Panda was great. Like, right, but I guess that's what I'm saying. I just, there, like, well, okay, so what you're saying is now there's two low standards production houses. Well, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, Pixar's going to miss now and again. But, like, at least they don't choose their performers to be the center of attention. It's like mm. Patton Oswalt and Ratatouille, you probably wouldn't know that it's him, right, if you didn't go in knowing that. They, like, dial it down and actually pro- try to make them be something instead of, like, hey, Jack, just, you know, let Jack Black do whatever he wants. It's almost like you're not making animated movies. You're making, like, the modern version of Hollywood Squares, Well, right? again, I'm not sure I agree with you because, to be honest, I thought Peyton Oswald was terrible in Ratatouille. I thought it was a terrible casting choice and a terrible performance. I and thought Jack I, Black, if I had to pick who did a Jack better Black Black Bob, just did Jack Black. Black. Fine. That's fine. I I'm just, just saying, I, I understand what you're saying, but I disagree at all you, with the particular you may example. Have, well, you're, yeah, well, you may may disagree with whether he was any good or not. Yeah. It's just he didn't go be Pat Oswalt. He wasn't being Jack Black. And, and like. But, but the, who, who cares? About, I guess what I'm saying is. What you care about is how did the performance turn out? If if you no, you care about you care about how the movie turns out. Yeah. Like Jack Black in that movie was like Jack Black and a bunch of people, right? And and like it didn't service the movie. It made the it made the movie tolerable, but like accidentally. Like that can go so wrong. Anyway, so so what's your next one? My next musical? Yeah. Well, the next musical will actually probably be good. I've heard good things about it. Okay. And it's it's you know, it's a it's a fairly uh seems like it's by people who actually know what they're no, doing. Dude. It's not a licensed IP. It's not Coca-Cola the musical or whatever the hell else I'm going to be getting. What I'm going to be treated to next year when the Fifth <laughs> Avenue debuts another... Uh, Did he drink a Mountain Dew? Like Yeah, Shrek? right. Yeah. yeah, that would have been uh, quite nice. Some product placement would, would definitely would be, be perfect. Handy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next logos one is... on, the, on right. the rat shoes. The next one is the Drowsy Chaperone. I haven't heard of that, actually. It's supposed to be quite good. Is so it? I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I've actually... It's not a bad season. Um, I opted out of one or two of them, I think. You get to opt out. Unfortunately, not three. If I could opt out of three, then I, Shrek would have been gone as well. I see. Basically, there were three plays, there were three musicals I didn't want to see. And I had, and I had, and I had to pick one of them. I see. And so I decided that Shrek would probably be the one that would be the worst out of the three. I probably wouldn't have wa- I would have wanted to see So I was like, I'm going to go to that one. I'm like, yeah. that's going to be the treat. These other ones are going to be just like legitimately bad and I'm not going to enjoy them at all. Whereas Shrek, I know I can make fun of it afterwards. And I so was So how right. many are there? There are six, seven, six, seven. And the season is nine seven. months? It's seven and I, I go to four out of seven. I'm someday I maybe will up it to seven out of seven when I'm really once I have enough stamina to really be shat but upon it goes that many for times. Ni- it goes for about nine months of the year or it goes all the way around. I don't know. Because that's not long to like try to hone the thing, right? Because anything that well, you do with live people. Most of the time it's it's not a new musical though. So yeah, you, you're right. you know. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't actually take performers out like you know, if they're like we're gonna produce Les Miz, it's like, well everybody who's ever sang for a living knows Les Mis yeah. forwards and backwards, they can probably just show up and get fitted for the costume, you know? <laughs> so uh, so there's certain things like that that I think just don't take that long. Whereas if you're doing something like the Shrek thing, you know, that's that's a serious commitment because they've never done it before. Um, they don't know what's going on. They're building the sets. They need to work out the timings and the choreography and all that shit. I got So you, I I'm got sure you. that's a much more substantial. Are you going to miss any when you're in Japan? Uh, well, one of the perks, one of the reasons I am a season ticket holder is just because, you know, you get all kinds of extra good stuff if you're a season, season ticket holder. Ah, right? You see. can move your tickets around, get free parking, you know, you get, like, dining coupons. Not that I actually think I've ever used one of those, but... That's where the Mountain Dew would be. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I'd have to miss any while I'm in Japan. They just moved it to not be conflicting. I that. see. So we so. should tell people that we're going to have some... Um, Internet yeah. casts. Yeah, we well, don't actually know what we're going to do for that. But that's going to be pretty interesting. What we're going to do, I know we're going to do one for sure over Skype just to see how it If you rolls. can get it working. Yeah. If you can figure out how to record that. Because yeah. but no, uh, I'm, just, I'm going to hold the mic up to the speakers. I'm going to, it's yeah, going to be low quality. Yeah, you can just but tape I it want up there. It to, yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll work. It, it'll, be a, it'll be an experiment. So. Well, I uh, yeah, I will be in Japan for three weeks in October. 
So it'll be and we'll have so plenty I'll be of time gone to get, most of the month. So get better be, at it. Yeah, yeah. That's when I'll st- take all of your voice words and such out of previous podcasts and construct an entire. So you'll just new make a new cast. Like, yeah. Please send me animal clips. Yeah, exactly. More the merrier. Yes. Right? It'll exactly. be awesome. Animal clips. It's gonna be great. Uh, I have to say that I was um, my new policy of just not clicking on any links from you uh-huh has been working really well damn it i find that i'm a happier person damn it during the day no you know i have more time i feel great but you watch some I'm of them because you respond <laughs> you respond to some of them i need to hone like what i say in the text well you're basically you've become a spammer you know you've uh, become unwittingly become a yes. spammer you're trying to get me to click on a link that you know I wouldn't click on if yeah. I knew what it was. Yeah. So now you're kind of pretty soon I'm gonna get emails from you that have like large sections of Charles Dickens works like cut and pasted and then right in the, the middle. Yeah. Did you whatever. go to the koala bear? No. And the and the alligator? No. Oh. Doesn't that tantalize you? That description. Koala no, it only makes it they, only reaffirms they, my commitment to not clicking no. on those links that you've been sending. No. 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 See, because the koala bear is in a tree, and he says to the fancy that considering they live there. And he says to the lizard, and and he's getting high, and the lizard <laughs> what? and the lizard goes, "Hey man, what are you doing?" And the koala bear says, "Hey man, I'm just smoking some weed. You want to smoke with me?" And the koala bear and the lizard get high, sit there and smoke. And finally, the lizard says, "No oh, man, I'm really thirsty. I got cotton mouth. I gotta go down to the river get some water." Falls out of the tree into the water. Okay. He's in the water and he's drowning because he's so stoned. But an alligator comes out of the water and saves the little guy and picks him up and takes him to the shore. And the alligator says, what's the matter with you? You know, what's going on? He says, oh, man, I was up in the tree getting high with the koala bear. And so the alligator goes, oh, I got to go talk to him about this. Alligator walks over to the koala bear and says, dude, what the fuck is going on? The koala bear goes, shit, man, how much water did you drink? <laughs> I'm getting nothing. <laughs> so that's I what I wanted you to go didn't see. click on the link because uh-huh. I didn't want to hear I know. that story. That's why I okay. told you it. It's good. And stuff. now you told me the story. <laughs> and not only did you waste my time with that story, uh-huh. but you've wasted like 150 people's time who listen to this podcast. No, maybe more. Maybe like 200. Thousands. There are not thousands, thousands of people listening to the podcast. Thousands of people listen to the podcast the, every week. No, they don't. Damn it. So there's like 200 people listen to this podcast every week. No. 5,000. Okay, there's 5,000 people Yes. after having... Uh, I'm not sure how they produced 5,000 out of 200. They, they cut them into little... They cut off their limbs... <laughs> and they regrew new people. They, yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. They're all sharing one MP3 player. There uh-huh. you go. Okay, that that's that's the answer. That's right how there. it rolls. Everyone is there's there's uh there's 25 people sharing each one of our 200 actual downloads. That's right. Yeah. Oh yes. So have you recovered from packs? No, not yet. You're still kind of dragging. Yeah. Dragging low. Yeah. So. Um, of the people that were there in the PAX 10, how many of them were consoles, console games? Were they mostly PCs? Two. Two, okay. The, and by, the, the and they, Maw and uh, Schizoid both are deals both already? on the Xbox. Oh, they're already shipping. Uh, Schizoid has shipped. Okay. The Maw has not shipped. I but gotcha, gotcha. it was running on it was the the show floor demo was on an Xbox 360. So they consider independent is you're still an indie if you've signed a deal with Microsoft, just not with a publisher. Well, I don't really know how you define indie, and this is something that that has been talked about definitely, and I don't know the answer to that question. There are some cases where someone is obviously indie, like such as myself, where it's one person. Because no matter how rich that one person gets, it's still pretty clear that it's indie because they're not paying anyone to do anything, right? You're not paying millions of dollars to people, right? So it's like... You know that the amount of time that went into this game was specifically the number of years that I had to spend on it. And right. that's there's no way that I could spend enough time in a game to make it not indie. <laughs> right? <laughs> Obviously, the textbook's definition of independent is one guy. Yes. Right? No matter what other things happen. But once you get up to a point where you've got, you know, a fairly substantial team, 
which some Where does place it? does. It's hard to draw that line, right? right? I mean, Valve, why are they not indie? Right. I mean, they don't accept money from people. They don't need Electronic Arts to pay them in advance to make their game. They right. are independently funded, yeah. right? And so at some level, I think that it's more just a judgment call. I mean, you have to say, like, are these people you know, kind of embodying what we would consider in general an independent spirit. Right. Um, you know, yes or no. And and I don't know, you know, really how you how you get any better definition than that. You can you can outlaw certain obvious things like you cannot receive funding from a publicly traded company or right. be one. Right. But beyond that, I'm not sure what else you really say and and how do you differentiate something uh that's like, you know, what's the difference between uh, you know, the people who did the Maw and Valve, right? It's right. like, y- you could, you just have, you'd have to pick amount of money, right? Because you have, you have a team of people, right? And they're functioning as a group, you know, yeah. and producing a game. How do you, obviously one is indie and obviously one isn't, but it's hard to, to draw yeah. that line there, right? I and so. so I think that it's just kind of like, well, you know, these were a bunch of people who started out on their own, you know? And they 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 went and you know made a little company mm-hmm. and you know they they're they're not being funded by EA or something like that. So I mean that's you know that's indie. Could you have shipped you to do? be in Pakistan? Um, I think that shipping. I think that there are no restrictions on distribution in any way. So okay. you could have signed a distribution deal with somebody. You could have already shipped the game. You could not even be intending to ship a game. Like uh, one of the games there, Impulse was a student project that up until the PAX 10 thing had no intention of being shipped at all. Oh, okay. But then... They... It wasn't even distributable. Like, it wasn't even... You couldn't even get it on the web. It's Impulse... It, that's one of the couple of games that had magnetism, right? Like, uh, I did not get a chance to play Impulse, like... and it is not available on the web, so I don't know. Okay. Their Polarity and I Strange played... Attractors 2 were both yeah, magnetism I, games. I think I played three games there that used magnetism. As then a... it was that yeah. one, yes. Okay. But I, I didn't. I didn't actually play Impulse, so I don't know. And the website doesn't have the download. I went and checked. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So they're still, you know, working that out. But I'll check it out. So I I'm gotcha, not sure gotcha. exactly what that game is about. Magnetism definitely seemed to be the sort of the PAX 10 theme this year, even though there wasn't necessarily <laughs> supposed to be a theme. Magnetism was definitely was uh, definitely in there. Definitely in there. Well, so this morning I had to do some shopping, some boring shopping. And it struck me while I was doing said shopping that if I was working the check stand, and it's a boring job and you're just sitting there doing this, is based on the items that people are buying, I would be constructing stories about what's going on in that person's life. Now, I'm sure everyone's gotten like the dude that's checking you out mentions this and like, oh, so going to have a party or whatever, right? And it's always bad. But I know that in my own mind, I would be doing that all along. And the reason why is I went in there and I said, oh, shit, I have to buy some, I have to get some deodorant. And I was thinking, if I go in there and buy like, how many deodorants can I buy to where they know, okay, this dude's been out of deodorant for a little while. Like if you just buy one and then throw in some other items, it can be like, oh, he's looking, you know, he's just shopping. It's just one of those things on his list. But you go in there and you throw 10 Old Spices into a bag and then go up to the counter. They're like, this dude's been out of Old Spice for a while. He doesn't want to ship again. Well, I prefer to think of it less in the i think you're kind of applying a particular mental model to society Uh to the checkout to the checkout and its role in society that i think is incorrect (laughs) okay i think that is a very that's what i'm looking for i think that is a very 20th century view of how the checkout you know i think that was a sort of a primitive uh stage in our understanding of the checkout i see Okay, I think that me. any any certainly any modern analysis of the checkout line views it as a dialogue between the person purchasing the items and the checkout uh, counter employee. All right, right, I see. So, so for example, you are thinking it is I am purchasing items yes. on my shopping list, and then they're being judged. By this sort of impartial observer <laughs> who is tallying my my total using a barcode scanner, okay, right, and passing judgment 
on Upon the collection items. of items and what their interrelation implies for my life. Yes. Okay. But I don't think that's that is not appropriate. That does not respect the dialectic nature of, of the, the dialogue. Yeah. Okay. The way you should be thinking of it is what am I going how can I purchase things that communicate to the checkout counter employee I think I what I am like, there. right? And yes. how I want them to view me as a person. I see. Okay. So you're so saying So for like, example do you have to align the things up in the cart then so they pull them out? In yeah, order? you want them right. to definitely be on that that sort of I uh, see. rolling band. Okay. In the order in which they will tell the narrative that you are trying to construct for the supermarket individual. Uh-huh. Right. For example, okay, if you have something that you need to get, like such as condoms. Right. Let's say. Okay. So say you're going to get some condoms, uh-huh. right? And you're also going to get mm, a 40. Okay. All right. Right. Let's say those are two items that you're going to get. Sure. An example would be, do you put the condoms on the belt in front of the 40? Or after? After. I see. And the reason that that that's important is it's telling them sort of how you're seeing this unfold. Are you and your partner going to get wasted and then fuck? Right. Right. Or are you guys going to fuck and the 40s for you for later? Okay. Yeah. It's well, not involved in that experience. Well, no, right? it is because you're feeling bad about how it went. Maybe. Right. It might be kind of a morning after, like, let me, ooh, let me so take let, a So you need, like, there. the condoms, the 40. Yeah. The pregnancy test. Yep. The single rose. Yep. Maybe a box of chocolates. Right. <laughs> Can get you through the relationship. I will say right now, Jeff, that you are a romantic. <laughs> okay, I that's can how tell. that works. I can tell. All just right. from the items that you are laying down there, I can see that you're just a really sweet guy I see. at the end of the that's day. That's how it works. Yeah. All right. So, I see. So, it's got to be two-way. You can't just make it. You can't just well, make I, it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think you were you were you had a very old-fashioned constrictive view of how I know, see purchasing I see. things in the supermarket works. Because I was thinking about like the difference between buying, like if you buy beer, yeah. they can assume it's like party time. If they, yeah. if you're bringing wine, it's like sexy time. And then you buy hard liquor. It's just like, it's alone time. Well, but what again, you're saying is you need to turn this into totally out of right. context. Right? right. And I don't think that any modern checkout person is going to, is going to be having such a narrow view. By that. Well, right. I mean, that's just a very narrow view, right? I see. And so, I think that, that by broadening the items that are being considered to the whole series. I see. Right? So when you buy the beer, you can buy it with nachos so that they know it's party time. Right. Yeah, and well, and also the type of beer, right? I, I mean, if it's Paps Blue Ribbon, then obviously you just want to get wasted. Yes, exactly. But if it's some kind of like custom beer, like a Samuel Adams, and it says that I'm trying to be picky, and, I see. And I'm trying to, you know, have a preference where none really should bother to be, and so on. Right. So, what does it say about you when you buy DVDs at the supermarket? Because I was at the right. supermarket, and the yeah. person in front of me is buying DVDs. And right. I'm like, wow. Uh, so buying DVDs at the supermarket is basically that that's more of a way that they know that you're a sucker, right? (laughs) So that's just kind of like, okay, this person, we can convince this person to do just about anything. Anything. If it's by the counter. Yeah, exactly. So this is probably someone who's got the DVD and they put it down on a copy of like Us magazine, (laughs) right? Something on the cover that's got like a story about the Olsen twins, you know, and their latest diet right. that was effective, how they got their body back. I see. You know? That's the DVDs on there, the latest Reader's Digest, you know. All right. That's so, what I'm thinking. Well, you could also think like with the modern computer systems now that these supermarkets, you buy a DVD at the supermarket, mm-hmm. it's like Red Star so that when you come back again – we need to have all of our deployment systems to sell them other inappropriate items that they can't help themselves but purchase, right? They're going to put well, up... Well, I think that you're ascribing a little bit too much uh, effort here because I think one thing that you know, when somebody buys a DVD I from see. the supermarket... You don't have to do... Uh, you're I just see. like, eh, those are just... It's it's sort of a... Um, <laughs> sort of a flypaper strategy, 
You know, <laughs> it's like we don't really have to do anything to get the flies to come to the fly strip. It's just to get those those I flies see. that'll just fly right the fuck into it. You know I what I mean? See. It's just it's just an incidental trap well, that needs no real attention. Right, right. Well, I was over at Fred Meyer, and they have a huge DVD section now. In mm-hmm. fact, it's the majority of their AV department nowadays. And now um, the the television section of their DVDs is far larger than the movies. It dwarfs it, usually because there's like 10 seasons. Of well, yeah, there's a playing. lot more content right. being produced for popular TV shows. So let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. There were two shows up there mm-hmm. that I was kind of walking through, and I was like, Two of them were, we had Andy Griffith, which I used to like that show. I've never still, seen it. Okay, but still it's it's going to have a limited marketplace. Right. And Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. And I'm like, both of these are go- aiming for what I feel like is a non-DVD purchasing um, segment of the population. Okay. Okay, because like my grandpa is no more likely to be able to, you know, make the DVD work. As he is liable to, you know, fire up a computer and do some programming. Well, right? Murder, She Wrote is significantly later than the Andy Griffith show. So I think sure, you but, might be a little bit off on but that. No, I, I, Lots of people watched Murder, She Wrote. Who... Dude, no, Murder, She Wrote is kind of famous for its crazy demographic at CB. I believe it was CBS. Hey, I watched Murder, She Wrote. Okay, uh-huh. back off. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing something here. It's like Angela Lansbury, bitch. Uh, it is Angela Lansbury, right? It is Angela yeah. Lansbury. Tying it back into the musical theme. That's true. That's yeah. true. I looked at that and said, I do not see them ever selling a copy of Murder, She Wrote on DVD. I just didn't see it happening. Well. There's, there's also shows that you're like, who would buy the DVD for this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, Dukes of Hazard. Like. Wow. Yeah. If you're buying the DVD of Dukes of Hazard, You know what? Go buy the, some Paps. And drink yourself into an early grave because, you know, your life is over. If, you, if you're like, holy shit, season two. Yeah. That's, that was the season where they fought for more money, so they replaced them with a Oh, you're right. Luke's, right. I forgot about that little... Cousins uh, that oh looked exactly like... Oh, my God, like, you're right. Which is pretty much... I forgot. Never seen oh. a worse fuck you to an actor. And you're like, look, we can replace you But nobody you cared, I don't with think. Any, nobody And they were can, right, because right. who gives a shit? Yeah. And that eventually show, they yeah. came back, you know, fine, I'll, I'll take the $25 you pay a week. Yeah. It's still better than anything else. Now, I think there's, if I may, mm-hmm. I think there's a big... Uh, hole in the parody world in that no one's ever done a parody of the dukes of hazard which is just you know i it's criminal really well i imagine didn't you know didn't any of the naked guns have any of that no. stuff it came a little late for nope. that i suppose i haven't seen anything they I were mean, also self-parodying to a large degree if you watch are. them now That's they're true. so bad that the yeah. thing that i was thinking about when when i was thinking of dukes of hazard last which is not very frequently <laughs> but there was a movie that came out, which yes. fortunately I didn't have to see. Uh-huh. But it did remind me of The Dukes of Hazard, And if I remember correctly, and this may be just be me misremembering because it's been a really long time. I saw that show when I was like, you know, seriously, like six years old. Right. And I seem to recall that at the end of every episode, they would jump the car over something. Right. Right. So no matter what the problem was that needed to be resolved. Right. Somehow they managed to work that out by jumping the car over something that a police car will not be able to jump. Right. Right. Yes. That is the solution. That is always the solution. So I was thinking As it is in real life. uh, Right. Well that's okay. There there is where I wanted the parody, right? Okay. I want to see a show that is a normal TV drama or something like this, like LA Law, where they jump CSI. CSI, right. And they still figure out some way to make the whole thing hinge around a a jump jump at around (laughs) minute 22, right? (laughs) That they freeze the jump in midair. And cut to commercial. Right. That's what I want to see. And I you see, see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so the ER, right? It's like ER, and the person is almost dead, right? They can't figure out what's wrong with them or something. And somehow they Law have, order. it turns out. Dong, dong. Yeah. Like the, what they always have to do is transport the patient to another hospital. Right. 
in a ridiculously short amount of time, and the bridge is out. So the like, ambulance what jumps, happens. they pause, right. and they still have uh, Wayne and Jennings come yeah. on and say, yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't know how they're going to get that kid over St. Yeah. Mary's. Or, well, I was thinking, thinking, so- thinking, yeah, I was thinking something more along the lines of, Ooh boy, I hope they put that IV needle in yeah, tight. You know, something like that, right? Like something medically related. Oh, okay, right? I gotcha. Yeah. That would be awesome to get Wayne Jennings saying all yeah. the medical terms that they say. Right. Awesome. No, well, actually, now that you think about it, I don't know of any episode of House that couldn't be improved by pausing by in the jump. middle of the diagnosis. No. Oh, pausing in the, in the differential? Middle of the, in the differential, <laughs> right? And they're like, ooh, I hope it's not gas gangrene, you know, or something like that. And then it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I saw the, I, I actually saw the movie and it's exactly as horrible as you imagine. There oh, is the Dukes a lot of Hazard movie? Yeah. There's some awesome stuff what there. What movie... Has there ever been a movie where you actually exercised restraint and did not watch it? Like Ernest goes to jail or something like that. I have this. not I have not seen any Ernest movie. Okay. You cho- you chose wisely. Now is that is that on purpose or is that a, I haven't gotten around to it yet but it's on my it's no, in the queue. No, he just never appealed to me ever. So interestingly Oh, he, but the Dukes of Hazard well, movie wait. sounded fabulous. Well wait. Yeah, it actually did because it was the unrated version. There was some like girl covering herself up and I'm like, I'm gonna see something in this movie for sure. There's you, no Gia. This okay, is like this okay, is I'm I'm safe. So but wait, let me finish. Back, back it up. Back wait, wait, up. let me no, back no, something. I'm not, I'm not letting you back Damn it. it up. I'm I'm going I wanna gonna, rewind I wanna, farther than you. But I want to drill down on this for a uh-huh. second here. Yes. Why is it that you you basically attempt if i may to mine you like try to mine your pornography out of non-porn materials isn't that just like the most frustrating experience that you've ever had why are you doing that it's like hunting for easter eggs yes yes a lot of the times you won't find them but when you do it's good Like, you're like, oh, look, one with nice stripes and stars and sparkles. I mean, there's entire industries dedicated to doing nothing but providing you with movies where you're guaranteed to have pornography occur in the film. And yet you are like, I'm going to go watch this movie that is the worst movie that anyone's ever made. Just so I can see, like, maybe two minutes of some sort of... Oh, it's way less than that, generally. Oh, God. Yes, yes. But no, uh, I was going to rewind to Ernest and right. say that Ernest started um, doing commercial, local commercials um, in our in, in Utah a lot yeah. for some milk company. So I, he was doing that for like 10 years. So it was kind of like the Geico caveman. Uh, oh, these commercials are funny. Let's make a show out of them. Only their big success oh, was Ernest. And then wow. they were shooting for Ernest and then got the caveman, which is supposed wow. to be one of the worst TV shows ever made. So they don't jump anything in the caveman show. <laughs> Except the shark. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is the worst. Hey, it's still more sophisticated than anything they did in Shrek. So let's let's throw that out there. No, they did do one fairly sophisticated thing in Shrek. What was that? <laughs> Fat suit for the guy playing Shrek. Oh, here we go. So the sophisticated trickery that they uh-huh. did in Shrek was, if you remember correctly from the movie, yeah, uh, the antagonist is very short. He has a Napoleon complex. Napoleon. Oh, complex the little tiny, the king. Yes, John Lithgow. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And of course, it you know they'd have to hire like basically a midget, uh-huh. you know, if they wanted to have the same stature, right? You know, three feet tall or whatever it is. Yep. So what they came up with, to sort of <laughs> to solve Con- this problem, Tim Conway style. Yeah. No way. Well, I'm assuming you mean kneeling down. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So the antagonist is kneeling down the entire time. <laughs> Okay, and he has little legs, faux legs that they have attached to his. Awesome, you know, to 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 so his this hips, is, basically. This is like dwarf on yeah. Shrek, yes. right? Oh my He's god, like, it's I didn't totally think of it dwarf. That way, but you are totally right. It's dwarf, totally dwarf on right. Shrek. Where he's... it was. I mean, this musical was so wow. embarrassingly bad, Jeff. But it's just, this seems like they'd have tons of money. Why would they? Oh, my God. 
And so the back of his legs were like in black stockings. So they kind of. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did he ever have to kick? Pretty clever. Yeah, all the like, time. So that you could see his funny little yeah. feet. Oh, my God. And you wanted you know something else? Yeah, all the time. Man. The audience loved it. Oh. They had never seen something so hilarious. <laughs> As this guy with they two must fake be, legs. They must be the people buying those dwarf videotapes at I don't know. really late night, you know? I have no idea. They're all home watching yeah, there's dwarf like, on golf. There's like 800 dwarf videos. Yeah. There's like, I mean, I don't I even think know it's all Tim Conway are. does now. He's still Is doing he still dwarf. doing it? He's dwarfing it up all day long. And he must like just have to drink himself to sleep every night, right? Like he just wakes <laughs> up and he's like... <sighs> Fucking dwarf. Of all the things. Yeah, that could have caught on. Uh, fucking dwarf. Of yeah. all the things. Yeah. Like Tim Conway had an illustrious Shakespearean acting career prior to dwarf. You could have walked away, and yet he wakes up every day and does like dwarf on corporate retreats. Because it's never, yeah. it's always, it has to be like old white guy shit. Because that's like, who's buying it. Right. Yeah. Dorf on the Franklin Mint. Right, right. right? Yeah. Dorf at the Republican National Convention. Convention. Exactly. Ah. Oh. oh, what a crazy podcast this is. We're just sleepy and we're just talking. We're just talking, you know? Just two guys talking. <laughs> You know what? This week, I want everyone tell us a story and the best one I'm going to tell on the air next week. So tell us a funny story that happened to you, and I'll tell it, and it'll be awesome. And you can email those stories to us at jeffandcaseyshow.com, podcast at jeffandcaseyshow.com. Sounds like a plan. Yes. You're falling asleep in the I middle of saying goodbye. I know. I'm too tired. Oh, my goodness. All right. Then let's finish so Casey can go sleep. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Good night. Good night, sweet prince.